0: Know when you're working on the business versus know when you're working in the business, right? Because you end up having this relationship with your business, right? And, and like any business, you want to create your boundaries and you want to um, have an empowered relationship with showing up and doing the work that you love, right? But there's times in which you actually need to step out of the relationship with your business.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Sebastian Little, SebastianLittle.com. Sebastian, it's great to have you on the show.
0: Gresh, appreciate you having me, man. I'm so excited.
1: Definitely super excited to have you on as well. And before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Sebastian so you can hear about some of the awesome things that he's doing. And Sebastian is dedicated to creating spaces for full self-expression and play. He operates his own coaching and consulting practice where he partners with athletes, leaders, and teams to build leadership competencies, high-performance practices, and team culture. He is a graduate of Yale University and a former varsity football Player Sebastian, great to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCL community? I,
0: I can't wait. Thanks, thanks. Um, this is what an incredible opportunity. Great, yeah. great, great community to be a part of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're doing so fun, so many phenomenal things. So, what I wanted to do, just you know, I touched on your bio a little bit, but I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit. Hear a little bit more on how you got started. What I call your CEO story. Yeah,
0: you know, I um, I've really done a lot of thinking, a lot of work on this, and and a lot of it kind of built around this idea of what's what's the journey that I've been on to be to where I'm at right now. And for me, it starts with the kind of the experience of not always feeling like I fully belonged in the spaces that I was a part of. And um, I grew up with an incredibly supportive mother and grandmother, but also in a household with an absent father. So there's this balance of masculine and feminine. Um, I identify as biracial, half white, half black. And uh, I felt like there was a lot of spaces that I wasn't fully one of the black kids and one of, wasn't fully one of the white kids and lived in that racial kind of um, polarity. Is kind of the, the way I like to talk about it. And when I, when I got to high school, um, you know, I was, I was really studious. I always wanted to do really well in the classroom. And at the same time, I was excelling on the field. And I didn't fully fit in with all the jocks, but I wasn't one of the quote-unquote nerds. Or right? So there's always this kind of push and pull of, of not feeling like I fully belong in a world. And I figured if I wasn't going to fit in, I might as well stand out. So the solution to all of it was, let me go be great. Let me go exercise this muscle of performance, of excellence, of high achievement right um which can be it, it worked great for what what i needed to do it worked great and and um I, I did all the things i was supposed to i won you know some of the awards i i went and played football at Yale university i got a the, the great consulting job after i graduated um but what i realized is that i was trading high performance and excellence for belonging and acceptance and love and um Really the, the story of me starting my own practice is one of authenticity and me leaning into myself, of me choosing to belong to myself versus choosing to belong to the way that uh, society's rules kind of govern the way that we want people to, to live. Um, so about a year ago, you know, I've, I've been, um, in the entrepreneurship game and doing some of this work for about five or so years, but about a year ago, I went, um, I left my full-time consulting practice, or excuse me, I left my, my full-time consulting job, the kind of the corporate route. And I started my own, um, coaching and consulting work and have a look back. It's been an awesome year so far. And it was a declaration of believing in myself, the way that I, I wanted to be living. Um, and it's, it's been a blast.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you, you know, kind of letting us, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak, and and being so transparent and and authentic about, you know, those, um, I guess, polarists, is that even a word, polarity, you know, feelings that you were having. (laughs) Um, But I I think it's so big, because I was reading something recently, and and a lot of times it said exactly what resonated with exactly what you you just, you know, talked about, where a lot of times you don't fit in is because you're supposed to stand out. And the solution is not to kind of um, shy away from your greatness, but to really lean into that and to be, go and be great. So I love that you said that because it's just a reminder of sometimes when we're not fitting in, it's not just because you don't, you're not good enough. It's sometimes because you're not supposed to be there and you're supposed to be leaning into something else. So thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I think it's a great reminder for us to, 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 to know and kind of lean into ourselves.
0: Yeah. I love that. You just pulled it out. I've been making this distinction between, um, self-awareness and humility recently. And I think in, in our culture, we have this tendency to, we want to be anti-arrogant. Right. We don't want to become and come across as arrogant, full of ourselves. Um, so what we do is we lean into humility, which, speaking of polarity, is typically what we associate as the opposite. So the, the process of leaning into humility, the way that our society, I think, a lot of times does that, is it ends up being toxic. Right? We never hear of toxic humility. What that actually looks like is I'm going to sanitize myself. I'm going to, to turn down. I'm going to tune out. I'm going to dull me so that you feel more comfortable. And I think that what you just pulled up, pulled out is it's actually what lives off that spectrum is about being self-aware and self-awareness is knowing yourself, being so intimate with yourself. So as when you step into a room, you're conscious of what you bring and you don't need the filter to be great. You're not filtering to make other people comfortable, to help other people. It's actually about calling people up, calling people forth versus calling them out or,
1: or pushing yourself down. Absolutely. So I know um, we touched on it a little bit on on, you know, what it is that you do with your clients. Could you take us through a little bit more on how that works and what that exactly looks like and working with your clients?
0: Yeah. You know, I I say I work on kind of three main buckets. I work on culture, I work on leadership and I work on performance and it comes out in three different ways. It's either coaching more of a one on one space facilitation, more of the team environment, you know, connecting conversations um, or training. Right. Where you're doing a little bit more teaching, you might be building some curriculum, you're delivering content. Um, so those are the, the three kind of things I focus on and how I do them. And what does it actually look like in my day to day? Somebody asked me this question the other day and it's like, well, you know, when I'm going through a basic day, I might have a, a couple one-on-one coaching sessions where I'm, um, really getting deep and intimate with whatever that client brings to the table. Um, you know, I, I'm lucky to do some work with teams right now. So there's a college soccer team I've been working with for a couple of years now, and we're doing some things more on leadership and mental performance, um, and then one of the things I've really been been um, so fortunate to lean into has been more the diversity, equity, inclusion conversation. And, uh, you know, I'm, I would get to do some training, but more so I think it's about holding space and being in that conversation. For me, it sits in the leadership and the culture bucket. How do we allow people to show up in their authentic selves um, and play to the best of their ability? And I say play in. Uh, But kind of a couple of ways, one, to enjoy themselves as they're going through the process, but also to bring their unique talents and their unique capabilities. And when we are playing together um, in whatever corporate, whatever industry environment, sport environment, we're all going to be playing at a higher level together. So that's that's how I I look
1: at and lean into that conversation. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to ask you for what I call your secret sauce. And you might have already touched on this, but this could be for yourself or the business or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique?
0: You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and in that self-awareness bucket, um, I've been doing a lot of work with my coach about what are the things that I bring to a space, and the thing that I'm most proud of, I've, I've isolated, isolated this, and there's been a couple of other people talking about it, We've, we mentioned it a few times, but it's the ability to hold polarities, to hold what we live, usually consider as opposites, right? paradox of the either or, it's kind of a seesaw effect. Well, I can either have um, you know uh, humility or arrogance, right? But there's there's something about being able to combine both of them or you can say I can have the the arrogance and the humility and both of them together allow me to be confident. Right. And um, specifically in this in the diversity, equity, inclusion conversation, being able to hold that in a racial context has been something that I didn't realize was an asset until recently. Um, and, and I think that coming from that background of being able to hold polarity has been something that's uh, a trained but also inherited gift. That's kind of my the
1: UPS or so. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient?
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I I'm um, I'm fanatical about my calendar. Like if it's on my calendar, it's gonna happen. If it's not, it's will probably fade to the background, right? Cause I'm, I'm juggling and um, I like having a lot of things going on. I'm best when I'm active and, and doing multiple things. Cause what I'll do is I'll leverage the conversation in one context for the project that I have in another. So the two two things I go, I can't really go without. And I was, was thinking about what are the things that I need on a daily basis or what I, I reference. The first is Fantastical. Fantastical is a calendar integration system. Uh, it's always rated on Apple as one of the best ones. And I've got like four or five different calendars or subscriptions set up into that one. So I, I pretty much could keep myself straight. So that's one kind of time thing I, I leverage. The other one is Calendly. Calendly is a scheduling app. Um, there's a couple of them right now that, that are competitors or basically you know, do the same type of thing. But I've got a couple of different calendars that I can send somebody a link and say, hey, please pick a time that works for you. And it, it, it keeps you from doing the back and forth, which is specifically for solopreneurs. You spend so much time emailing someone back and forth about a time that you want to connect that you don't actually enjoy the time that like you spend more time doing that than actually connecting. So Calendly has been huge for me because I can send somebody a link. It, it kind of more or less downloads my whole calendar and then offers the times that, that are available for me to that person to choose from.
1: And it has been an absolute godsend. I absolutely appreciate that. And, and so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self.
0: One of the, the, the first core distinctions that I made, and I heard I knew about it, um, you know, in some of the previous consulting work that I was doing. And we talked about it a little bit. It never made sense until I, I was full time in my own practice. And it was know when you're working on the business versus know when you're working in the business right? Because you end up having this relationship with your business, right? And, and like any business, you want to create your boundaries and you want to um, have an empowered relationship with showing up and doing the work that you love, right? But there's times in which you actually need to step out of the relationship with your business, right? To move truly on the business, think about what are the, the projected long-term? Hey, where are we going? And I say, we meaning me and my business, where are we going? Um, how are we doing? What do I need more of from you? What do I need to give you more of, right? And you really have this evaluation analysis relationship by stepping out of and, and being on top of your business. And uh, I think it's you know you're you're hearing the kind of almost um, the corresponding language between any relationships, but also like the one with your business. But stepping out of it, and then run and then there's other times where you really need to be in relationship in the business in the circle of. Uh, execution, and all those things you put on your calendar to be present and working on them, being creative, generating new ideas, working with clients, um, and really being in it. And it didn't make sense until I had my own about what are the moments I need to step out of it and what are the moments I need to lean in.
1: Um, I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Sebastian, what does being a CEO mean to you?
0: It's about having the freedom to create the thing that i've gotten most present to about the last year for me has been i get to choose what i say yes to and what i say no to and i've got a list at home um, i'm visiting a friend right now but i've got a list at home and a whiteboard and there's three reasons why i say yes to things and there's three reasons why i say no why i say yes to things is because i want to work with people that i really want to work with on projects that align with who i am Uh, why i say no to things is because it's going to take too much time it's going to be too much of a headache and we kind of I've gotten to know which projects or clients might be more of that recently. Um, And and having the freedom to create the type of work, the type of conversations, um, and probably more importantly, the type of relationships that I want to be in, are the ones that I get to say yes or no to. And that's been a gift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is a tremendous gift. And I think so many times, you know, when you become a CEO, when you start a business, or we don't even realize sometimes in our life, you have the freedom to kind of make that decision. And I love that freedom piece, because I think so many times we feel like we don't have as much control in order to do that. So I love that you have that, especially written on your whiteboard, because I think a lot of times we're not even sure what that filter is on how to measure something that we do want to lean into versus not wanting to lean into and do or, or, or not do. But I think being able to have that, but at the same time, have that written out and in, in front of you probably helps out as far as making sure that you're staying in alignment with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, truly, truly. Well said. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, Sebastian, truly appreciate that definition. And I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know, and of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. You
0: know, I'm, I'm going to do two things here. Uh, one, I want to make sure that I can connect with any of anybody listening on now. Um, but there was one, one conversation I had recently that I just, I was, it's still top of mind and circulating. And I think oftentimes we say get uncomfortable, get comfortable getting uncomfortable. Like I love that phrase. I've used it for years. And it wasn't until a conversation a couple months back that I had this, this realization that that makes no sense. <laughs> and I wanted to debunk the myth of getting comfortable, getting getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable. I can't even say it right anymore. <laughs> and I just want to challenge people, and I, I just try to do this myself every day, of just getting uncomfortable. Because what was uncomfortable yesterday is probably comfortable today. Mm-hmm. And if we're truly after growth and you know, anyone listening to this podcast or anyone listening to podcasts or doing their reading or doing their coaching or therapy work, like we're all interested in growing ourselves or growing the people around us, that the challenge is not to lean into discomfort once it's actually to stay uncomfortable and it requires us requires us to continue to grow our comfort zone. Um, so that'd be one nugget that I've been stewing on. And, and I try to challenge myself to do that every day. Um, and I would love to connect. Uh, so I'm 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 all over social media. I'm on Instagram at seb little s e b l i t t l e underscore. on Twitter as well. Please reach out on LinkedIn. Um, and of course, uh, the new the website just got published last week. There's a, a bunch of different resources on www.sebastianlittle.com um, that I'm really excited about and and continue to grow as well. I want it to be a place that's active and uh, a contribution, not just a landing page or an information about you know about me. So. Um, yeah, thanks so much for for having me on. It's a, it's a gift and a pleasure to share the time and the space and, and this has been a it's
1: been a blast definitely has been a blast. Thank you so much, my friend. We will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can see the new website and all the awesome things that you're doing and the impact that you're having. But I love that part of, you know, getting uncomfortable, period, not, you know, anything after that. I think that if we start to get comfortable doing anything, then that might be a sign of getting uncomfortable. We just need to get uncomfortable, period. That's it. Or exclamation point, whatever punctuation you want to do after that. Um, it's absolutely huge. But I think that's when the growth happens. So I appreciate you for the work that you do as well, too, because I think part of that is getting people out of their comforts zones and to be aware of exactly like where that opportunity for growth and expansion is. And I think that's so necessary in this world and in so many different ways. So appreciate you, my friend again, for the work you do. And I hope you have a great rest of the day.
0: Thank you for listening to the IMCEO Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.